welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Old Taku Connection. And let me just cop to my screw-up right now. In this episode, at least once, maybe a few times, I refer to Ryuhei Kitamura, the visionary behind Versus, which is the film we're doing a commentary for, as uh, Takashi Miike. Yeah, I'm dumb. So, yeah, please ignore that. Um, other than that, not a whole lot going on. School is still kicking my butt, but I think I'm getting the hang of it. And considering I think I'm getting close to done, it kind of took me a while, but... Yeah, it was a weird phenomenon going on at where... I think school is starting to make me regress, so I'm acting more and more like I did during high school in class now, doodling all over my notes and whatnot. Um, also, biology is hard. Like, math was always my worst subject, but I'm doing better in it than biology right now, and I don't know why that is. Anyway. Um, uh, Yeah. Commentary versus please enjoy. I got candy. Okay. Um yeah, welcome everyone. At the time of this recording, it's Halloween, I guess. It's Halloween. But by the time this goes up, it'll be long past Halloween. <laughs> and you'll have already listened to our proper Halloween episode, so we kind of don't really need to do shit to be festive for the holiday because it's already passed. Consider this a pre-Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, or just the episode after the Halloween episode. Yeah. No, it won't even be that. It'll be after Strawberry Panic. Really? Yeah. Well, the Halloween episode jumped the, li- jumped the line ahead of Strawberry Panic just so it could actually come out near Halloween. Uh, I see. Well, Pet Shop of Horrors is good. If you guys haven't seen that, go watch it. Yeah, our episode's already up, too, so as soon as you finish, you'll have something else to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Should, should we just start this motherfucker? Yeah, um, you already probably know it by virtue of the thumbnail, but in case you somehow got to this recording at random, um, I don't know, maybe it's possible. We're watching Versus. Specifically, what version are we watching, Mike? It's the um, Ultimate Extended Cut. Yeah, it's the one with all the stuff. And this is a commentary, so, I mean, you can, if you've seen it, you could probably still listen to this and just have it on in the background if you want. But uh, if you're trying to watch along, you're going to need that version. The uh, proper running time of it is, what, uh, two hours and ten minutes? Yes, and 42 seconds. And 42 seconds. So if you can get a hold of something that runs about that long, yeah. Go nuts. Please join us. We'd, we'd love to have you along with us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll get into our experience with this as well as other shit once we get started. So let's get started. Uh, you want to count us down? Sure. On one? All right. 
three, two, one. Alrighty then. When I saw the stars, I thought we were about to go to a. Uh, why can't my brain work? Uh, Outside bold, space? Oh, yeah, I thought we were going to boldly go where no one's gone before. Mm hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think I've actually seen this version. Mm hmm. I downloaded it a while ago, but I never really watched it. I own the DVD, but the DVD's fucked up. But the DVD is just the regular version, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have that version somewhere in storage. I don't remember seeing the planets and the stars in this intro. Yeah, I don't remember that demon face. I want to say it was just like the pictures of like the forest and the woods and the areas that they filmed in. But I do remember all the text. It was talking about, oh yeah, there's all these portals and... Yeah, like I don't remember this. I don't remember... Yeah. Me neither. This is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the world is full of people who are better off dead. Yep. Okay, now this part I remember. Yeah. This is the intro I remember. Yeah, it's interesting. Ah, God, I love this shit. Especially what, like, 15-year-old me was just so down for, like... Oh, God, this was... See, this this hit me on two fronts, because not only is this just the kind of story I wanted, I just wanted balls-out action and fighting. More so just, like, fight because you love to fight type uh, plot lines. <laughs> like, plot lines that only make sense if people involved love fighting. And not only was I into that, but I was also... This is the kind of... Whenever I imagined making a movie, this is the kind of movie I wanted to make. And even the kind of experience that came alongside making this sort of movie is the kind of experience I wanted to have. Yeah. Now that you I wanted to just be... We're just going to go out and we're just going to pretend to fight and it's going to look cool as shit. Yeah. And everyone's super, super into it and it's fun. <laughs> It's kind of the dream. Now that you like bring that up, it's. I think I had the same. Because it's weird when mm -hmm, you hear yeah. it's like his first like. I think this is one of his first movies, or maybe his first. It's. it's well, I want to say it's at least it's at least the second because the uh, basis for this came from another movie he did prior called Down to Hell. Yeah. But. uh... This was like when people took notice, but it, it did seem like a bunch of yeah. homies went out into the woods and filmed a bunch of weird shit, and then yeah. cut it together, and it was just, like, I don't know, so this came out in 2000, so it was mm -hmm. after, like, Metal Gear Solid, my brain was really into stuff like this. Yeah. I want to say this is even... It's weird going back to it now and comparing it to MGS because MGS one was sorta of weird, but like not as weird as this I think, but this is like later Metal Gear games I think got this weird, but Well yeah, there's a direct connection too. Yeah, Kojima he well he brought he loved this movie and Kitamura mm -hmm. put him in some as a background character in Azumi. And then Kojima, I don't know if that happened before or after, but Kojima had him come and direct the cutscenes for the Twin Snakes. Mm -hmm. 
Which is the GameCube remake of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. That quick draw, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so is this kind of like, like, where does this stack in your journey towards Japan is the cool place? <laughs> um... As your journey there isn't as overt as mine, but you you went there to some degree. Yeah. Uh, well, it came out in 2000. Well, I should. I guess I should put it in like because release is not necessarily always how I viewed things. So I don't know when I discovered this movie. I want to say it wasn't. We were still in high school when we discovered it. I want to say I was. I want to say I was in Sacramento when I discovered it, though. So, like maybe like two years after it came out. Yeah. So it would have been like 2002. So. Yeah. So. I would have accepted its weirdness because. I I don't know. What was the question again? <laughs> I'm like, like, where does this in your path towards Japan is the cool place, the the cool Japan mentality? Right. So I had, that, and that wasn't exclusive to us. That was kind of taking hold around the early was, 2000s. It was kind of like a weird frenzy with like Adult Swim, and mm-hmm. and then I was able to see shit like this through like you and Joe. Someone would always have some crazy movie to watch, or yeah. Ed would bring something over. So. I want to say I was was probably when we were at Albany, mm-hmm. like freshman and junior year. I was starting to get into anime. Mm-hmm. I met you guys, and you guys were all into anime and shit like that. I don't know how many movies I watched. So this, I because I, I try to think of this, and it's kind of blurry. But I feel like when you were in Sacramento it was. And when I started visiting you out there was when I started to really get into, like, Japanese cinema more. And Yeah, it was me really, too. It was really versus, like, I always wanted to see more Kitamura films. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would go to your place and I would see, like, that or, like, um, Battle Royale and then, yeah. and then, by extension, Sonatine and Zatoichi. Mm-hmm. And then I would come back to the Bay and I would start renting... Um, like, like you know, all the other Beat Takeshi movies and all the other Kitamura movies and mm-hmm. and whatever else, uh, um, you know, Hollywood, um, video Mike, yeah, yeah, like like Mike. there was a lot of Mike there, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was renting from Hollywood Video too. I was doing the same thing. It's yeah, I think it's part of the reason why it's such it, it it's such a key point for us. Is like we were kind of like on the same path separate, separately but when we would meet up we would kind of like compare notes and yeah, often yeah. find ourselves in similar levels of interest yeah I'm actually missing Mike's current film being premiered in the city right now mm-hmm. uh, oh Blade of the Immortal yeah and he's there too I yeah I really wanted to see that <laughs> I should have gone to that but I'm here so that's fine <laughs> No well, one, if, no one wanted if, to go to it with me, so. Well, yeah. Had you gone to that, there'd be no episode this week. Well, we could have done it tomorrow. I'd have, I'd have probably been too irritated. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> uh, the, there was a lot of hurdles getting to this point, and I was kind of reaching a breaking point till we started this. <laughs> well, you hit it well. I've, I've been trying to get better about that. Uh, funny thing, that guy that just talked, the guy in the, like, weird coat, uh-huh. um, I was watching the one of the versions of Versus that I have with the commentary on that I think uh, Mike was saying. Mike says a lot indicating that he was really just kind of, like, putting this movie together as he went along. Because mm-hmm. he was saying that he had a lot of stuff planned in his head for this guy this guy right here being a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh spoilers i don't imagine someone's watching this having not seen it before but uh in the off chance that you are spoilers for the next couple of seconds uh he don't last too long <laughs> yeah what were his plans i don't remember he doesn't he doesn't specify <laughs> this fucking guy he was just saying that like he he kind of liked the look of the guy and wanted to do more with him like it may have, it may have just been a situation where he was like, "Okay, sorry, I can't come back. Uh, I can film today, and that's it." Yeah, he does have a a, a cool look, and that's kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> speaking of cool looks, I, yeah, I I love this guy so much. Yeah, I love, I always compare him to a uh, young ocelot. Yeah, that's probably why I like him because I love young ocelot too. But like turned up to eleven. I mean, just the way he. Yeah, like look at look at all of that in his face. He's just having so much fun. And oh yeah, just completely eating the scenery. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like he's like pooping it out and then grabbing it as it comes out so he can put it back in. But you know, when you're talking about looks. I think that's this is probably one of the first movies where I, I watched. And subconsciously, like, I'm just realizing it kind of now, watching mm-hmm. it, that this is a, one of those films that is a really good example of distinguishing each of your characters by a look, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's not just what they're wearing, though. What they're wearing is very... They all stand out. Like, even yeah. if you're not going to remember... All of their Japanese names. It's like there's the funny mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Or well, yeah, that's how we remembered them. It was always yeah. a, a name yeah. or some sort of distinguisher. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's not just the clothing. Like I feel like I don't know if it was a, a accident or what, but they all have like really unique faces. Yeah, um, that might be coincidence. I don't know to what degree there was a casting thing like. This sort of setup smells of these are all just people um, Kitamura knew. Yeah. Like he legit found Sakaguchi. Yeah. He just kind of like found him, like in the middle of a street fight, is uh, <laughs> how the story goes. Um, so I guess maybe that element is coincidence, but they all, I want to say they all have some degree of, if not, it, it's either. Um, experience in either acting or fighting choreography something like that mm-hmm. because they're all physically distinctive i mean look let I me mean, look at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like all of them their their mannerisms are their physical acting is turned up to 11 which is fun like yeah. you could watch this raw and get the gist of it 
Yeah, everybody's, and it's still fun to watch because everybody is so physical. Like he's this, the hero is stoic, except mm-hmm. when he's fighting, you know. But then the the villains all they just stand in certain ways, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, even even in his stoicism, <laughs> the hero is still pretty shitty. Yeah, <laughs> like you can you can tell he's in their shit, just kind of like the way his face is kind of twisted up. <laughs> Where he's staring these like weird zoom ins. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, like they all indicate he's like glaring at you when he talks. <laughs> so, are we watching the? Is the translation the same? When it zooms um, in, he goes, "Here's the thing. I'm a feminist." Yeah, that's that. That's what it said for me too. But I'm, I'm not sure which is the tr- which is the translation I've always seen. Okay, so that's the same then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, even his camera work, like, right there, like, the zoom mm-hmm. in, and then he says that, and then the tone, like, the music stops, and it changes, and then... <laughs> and then weird, Damn. The weird guy. Yeah, so, I mean, we just went from, like, funny to, like, serious, and... I don't know if it's uniquely Japanese, but I... It's one of the things that... And it's kind of worrisome, but it's another topic about when uh, Jordan Vaught-Roberts, who's supposed to direct the upcoming Metal Gear film, when he talks mm-hmm. about directing that film, and Kojima in general, he kind of talks about how Kojima plays a lot with tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... And it makes sense. Like, Kojima does it a lot, but... You know, it's over like 13 hours, so you kind of have to have breaks and mm-hmm. can shove weird things in there. Um, but I feel like this movie is like a... I don't know if it's a Japanese thing, but it does feel very, like, Metal Geary in its tone, where, the, like, the, the main plot is, is like, serious. Mm-hmm. And it's taken seriously. Yeah. There are a lot of dramatic turns in this mm-hmm. story. But I think when, and I kind of forgot about that, so I don't, I don't know, I used to watch this movie a lot, but I guess I don't think about it as much as I used to, but. Like, we were just so goofy, and now we're being introduced to the villain. Mm-hmm. I fucking love. Oh, God, this guy is so good. Yeah. And the... Sorry, go ahead. I know, I just say, I largely remember it as like a a sort of goofy, really fun film, but there are these. Yeah. There's all this serious stuff. Yeah, it's. The action is really over the top and fun and crazy, but like. They're all taking what's going on pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that thing, I think we, we mentioned this a lot across the podcast which is like what really uh, goes far in regards to um, making something enjoyable is making the unreal feel real yeah like it's something that we're all really into in that and it kind of it's just a byproduct of like when I mean, well, like a big thing for us is world building and sort of making that world feel real through 
said building, and I feel like you get some of that just through how these characters persist in their like over the top antics, even in the face of this. That like even though they're over the top, they're crazy. They stay consistent regardless of what's going on on screen. Yeah. Like, it's not like, okay, the zombie shows up and now, you know, we gotta be really goofy. We gotta, like, sit there, overact and be like, oh god, it's a zombie! What's good? No. <laughs> crazy guy stays crazy. <laughs> Super serious guy stays, you know, stays not saying a goddamn thing. Sorry, this guy is just so fun to watch. Yeah, and I'm I'm a fan of his because uh, I um watch a lot of uh, Tokusatsu, and uh, he's appeared in at least two common writer series, and I want to say a couple of movies. Hmm. And he's actually down like he's not this crazy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He he really is having fun in this movie. Yeah, and he gets a lot to do. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he dies a couple times, but he's still—I I don't know. <laughs> this guy just keeps pulling guns out of nowhere. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun too. Yeah, he's fun. Um, he's actually, um, I think, watching an interview segment, you know, also part of the DVDs after this, uh, he's primarily a stage actor. Hmm. And uh, one of the things he mentioned is that uh, <laughs> in order to get, prepare himself mentally for the role, he went really method and avoided, I think he said he may have avoided masturbating for like a couple of months. <laughs> A couple months, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's so pent up and weird. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I guess we're watching the sub, but I should point out that the dub in this is actually really hilarious. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like when, um, I can't remember what, I want to say it was more than one company, a couple of companies that dubbed anime got the idea that they could use the same same voice actors and dub over live action. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and for something like this, it's it's perfect. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. this this is basically an anime. It is. That shot was a fucking album cover. <laughs> yeah, the cinematography is very late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. But it's still, like, <clears throat> it's still really pretty, like... Oh, yeah. The shot of, of Hideo standing out there in the forest holding that briefcase is, is really great. And they do, mm-hmm. they kind of do this thing where they go into, when they're in the, like another dimension sort of like hell almost where I think it actually is is mostly when Hideo like shows up they kind of change the colors uh, it gets kind yeah. of more saturated and blue and it oh you talk about like uh, that weird bit where it seems like they're fighting on two different planes or something yeah and even when we just saw him earlier and I think when he shows up 
and like possesses the girl, it might be a little different too. But mm-hmm. there's a few times where he's around and the and the forest kind of <laughs> they change up their color palette a little bit and it looks really mm-hmm. it's like a little spookier. Yeah. Yeah, there's this weird element. Like, I, I kind of always interpreted it as uh, him and uh, Tak Sakaguchi's characters exist on multiple planes. Yeah. Like, they exist in the real world where we are and also exist in the world where, like, these zombies either come through or, like, where their souls are. Yeah. Well, they there's a little bit of that where they talk about the portals and they kind of open up and... Mm-hmm. Certain places in one of these is this forest of resurrection. Yeah, well, the the premise of it, I think they'll get into it in a minute, is that this is the area where all these Yakuza guys and everyone associated with their uh, family, Yakuza family, would hide bodies. Yeah. So there's this weird karmic element of now all these bodies are coming back and these are all people we've killed. <laughs> Yeah. And they all specifically have it out for us. <laughs> yeah. As far as, like, casting, again... Like, I feel like they just look like normal people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's they all look so unique, is they're not all, like, pretty. Like, mm-hmm. like Tak is pretty, and Hideo's handsome... Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he just found talk. Yeah. But, uh, like, and not I mean, that, there's, there's an element of attractiveness to these people in that they're actors. They, some degree of money they make is on their faces, their appearances. But yeah, it's not, it's not the kind of thing you see in Hollywood. This isn't to the degree that it's distorting your perception of beauty. Yeah, it's not like, I feel like. My point is, I feel like a higher budget film, like, if you watch, like, higher budget Chinese films, I feel like everyone looks so pretty, it's hard to tell them apart. Yeah, everyone is gorgeous, yeah. yeah, yeah it's hard to tell them apart, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're, like, not that this girl's not pretty, like, she is, but she's very, she's kind of homely looking, like. Yeah. She's not, like, glamorous movie star, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, all these people, they, they look like you can tell they put something into their appearance but it's to it's not so much that it pulls away from their distinctiveness like they look like people you'd run into on the street maybe just people you'd run into on the street that take care of themselves And I mean, some of it makes sense. Like, Crazy Guy is obviously vain on top of everything else. Just look at that damn suit. Yeah. And uh, Tox's character, as uh, we'll find out in a minute, has a bit of vanity himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right, here's the indicator of the time period. Fucking trench coat, gotta have it. <laughs> yeah, and this is, you know, this uh, earlier when the the zombie first sh- kind of showed up, I was kind of thinking of those old zombie movies like the George A. Romero stuff, and it's, mm-hmm. and that's kind of 
it's fitting because it's I feel like this movie wasn't made for very much money I don't think it was but $10,000 wow holy shit yeah like people talk about the micro budget with um, uh, paranormal activity mm-hmm. yeah yeah fuck that 10 G's <laughs> yeah and if you look at like we saw a little bit of kind of the the what, what's the word the that universes but Whatever, kind of different planes of existence overlap. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. done through editing. Like, there's a lot yeah. of tricks like that. Or, yeah, for the most part, I think it's like a color filter. Yeah, a light one at that. Yeah, and it's just editing. Like they do so much with editing and color, and mm-hmm. and I think there's a little bit of wire work in this movie, but like, it's very. They just, I, I mm-hmm. don't know. If there's a there's an enthu- I mean how should put it's like this is the kind of movie where when you hear low budget you actually get pumped rather than you know take a deep breath <laughs> because in this regard the fact that it's low budget means there's that the people involved are making up for it in enthusiasm and you know cer- certain movies when you hear low budget you get excited. I want to say the big two are horror films and martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. And this is a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, it's significantly more martial arts than horror, but you have the same kind of gore effects with the zombies. And I mean, and, it, it feels bigger than it is a large, in large part, I think to the, to the DP, the, mm-hmm. the, the director of photography really made this movie shine mm-hmm. like the editing can only go so far but if if your shit doesn't look good then it, like yeah. all the camera angles and the camera work in this is really great oh yeah and a lot of the shots are just pretty mm-hmm. no there's there's a it the movie has a an almost constant visual appeal to it and it's not just what the actors are doing like I would think we see it a lot with uh, films made in the states where you've got some pretty good hand-to-hand combat going on, but like the camera stays too tight or it's not moving enough. Yeah. Whereas like the camera here is really dynamic. Like there's no telling how many times they went through this sequence and just did it at different angles how much time was spent in and in the editing room figuring out how you want to put which versions of this together it's it's just fun to look at yeah but I, I think the biggest stroke of genius is setting the whole thing in a forest oh yeah well that's 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 budget because <laughs> you could just but it works you could just go out there you don't need a permit Mm-hmm. You know, those cars earlier were probably just belonged to somebody. Yeah. I mean, you're just... thats It's such a huge part of making a movie is getting the set right. And here mm-hmm. it, it all makes sense. Cause it, and it's cool because it revolves around this set. I mean, yeah. they just had to wander around a forest and find places to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, all they really need to do is find points in the forest where there were open space. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it was kind of like that, too. Like, I think, because uh, I know a lot of the uh, melee weapons are not props. Like, uh, the swords that get used later are not props. The knives Crazy Guy has are not props. Um it's one of the things I was talking about when I said, like, they're making up for the budget and enthusiasm because they're risking their physical well-being in choreographing these fights. And I think uh, a bunch of them came away from these with injuries. You know, not unlike the uh, Jackie Chan films from the 80s that we kind of cut our teeth on. Did you ever see, I think you said you didn't like this movie, but Battlefield Baseball? Um, when I saw it, I didn't like it. I was expecting more versus and the, not even camp, just the raw-ass unabashed cheese was a bit too high for me at the time. Um, there were points of it I liked. Like, there was like weird, just raw-ass Kitamura stuff in there that I liked, like, uh, near the end there's a fight between two like the hero and the uh, antagonist of the film with baseball bats and the sound effect they use for the bats clashing are a combination of swords clashing and gunshots uh, I really like weird guy in this movie's outfit in that movie mm-hmm. he has like a giant pompadour and like <laughs> he just looks yeah. insane mm-hmm It's funny looking at uh, this dude in the vest. I think I used to draw characters like that in elementary school. <laughs> in elementary school? Yeah, it was specifically the vest with the exposed, like, muscly arms. <laughs> Stuff like that, I was just all about it. Barrett? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, almost exactly like Barrett, even the same haircut. Mm-hmm. sort of pulling this from the back of my brain but I feel like wasn't it like this specific cut did he go back like way after this was done and film shit uh, sometime afterward I think so which is I feel like that's extremely rare mm-hmm. but in something like this with you know no budget and then you get probably your money made back like easy easy (laughs) you know and then it's on DVD and then it's like well let's just go film some extra shit and shove it in there yeah really you get hyped yeah I want to say Resident Evil is where I kind of got in like got in on the zombie kick but like it's kind of like as I was coming up on it, I saw this, and this sort of emphasized why zombies appealed to me. And I think it's been said before that zombies are kind of an ideal for whether you're some kind of survivalist, some sort of you've got some interest in something related to combat, or or you know you're just like you've got that gamer mentality. 
Uh, zombies fall into this perfect niche where even the most like normal ass normal motherfucker <laughs> can conceivably like fight it. Yeah. So it's like they they can be your generic hench guys, whatever that you kill. And you don't have to be a badass. You don't have to have any sort of classical training if you've got, like, the items needed or just enough enthusiasm. You can fight through some zombies. Yeah, that's an, another thing I always... I forget, because I never think of this as a zombie movie, but... Mm-hmm. I, uh... I don't know, because I got burned out on zombies a while ago. and mm-hmm. They just sort of came and like overtook popular culture for a while and then I feel like I expected them to kind of die out but the, I feel like they didn't they didn't and what was frustrating for me as a fan of you know the zombies as like a I guess like, like a means or an element is that there wasn't really enough being done with them in regards to how many zombie films were coming out like more than any other instance of a craze happening the zombie film craze was more people cashing in <laughs> Jesus uh, I always remember that yeah weird little thing he does adding that well yeah that and like adding the weird sound <laughs> as he's doing that yeah but, um, yeah the, the zombie film craze more than any other had more people cashing in than people coming in with uh honest enthusiasm which I think is why it died so hard really I feel like it didn't really die I feel like it it, it didn't die but there was severe backlash yeah I feel like it kind of came and got like gigantic and then it kind of I expected it to die but it kind of just became this thing that's always kind of there like especially in video games like alright new Call of Duty has another zombies mode and Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's because zombie mode is, I guess, it's an easy horde mode to do. Yeah. As far as games, but I feel like we got some interesting films out of it. Um, Shaun of the Dead. And, yeah, it's it's there, but it's it's obligatory versus inspired. Like when you see the zombie mode, it's not like anything especially interesting is happening going on there. Yeah. A zombie movie comes out, it's not like you know, it's not like like you don't have anywhere near as many vampire films coming out. But every once in a while, something like this is uh, I think I think the movie Daybreakers was something that was like a novel take on the premise. <laughs> like you're not really seeing a whole lot. In regards to the zombie film, it's just kind of like, okay, another zombie movie. Yeah, uh, Tack, like, lost a tooth in that scene right there. Yeah, trying to cock the gun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a a shot of him fighting them, like a wide shot of him fighting the zombies that I... That was new to me. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's in the other cuts. (laughs) I want to say I saw it, but I can't say for certain. Yeah, I think think that scene right there had CG blood. Yeah. So yeah, this is that. That's some of the stuff that was added in. But I, I, I don't know if I see. I'm struggling to figure out what you mean by because it's hard to like as far as a zombie movie. I feel like all the original stuff that came out was all comedies. You know, 
Well, that's part of that's part of it, though. Yeah. It's like you had the comedies, and that there was something different, just in the sense that these were comedies versus serious films. But like, like I'm not really seeing anything novel going on in the premises outside of that. Like what I'm saying is, is like I'm not seeing something really different. Like I'm not seeing a zombie film where it's like, okay, this is in a world where that's just a normal part of life, or this is after the apocalypse, or here we get to actually see the outbreak occurring, or for the most part, anything novel going on with um, zombie fiction is happening in The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's what I was gonna point out. I feel like. They kind of handled the like, dramatic zombie thing, and then, I don't know. It's like, what else could you do? I mean... Oh, I got some stuff. You can do shit like this. Like, this is very original. Mm-hmm. And it was it came out before I was burnt out on zombies. I want to say it came out either at the like at the beginning of or just before the craze took hold. It was it was a few years before because yeah, The Walking Dead is what really set that shit off. I think. I want to say it was taking off just before. Well, The Walking Dead comic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I want to say like it was as it was taking off, it was uh, Romero was remaking a lot of his old films. Because, like, uh, around the time it's it took off, you had uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, and then Land of the Dead after that. Was that the Zack Schneider one? Dawn of the Dead? <sighs> I can't... The one with Bing Rames? Yeah. Yeah. And Omar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Omar Epps. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Yes! I've not seen that. Fucking gun caught That was yeah, fucking that's new. dope. That was sick. Yeah. That was that gun counter right there. That was sick. That was cool. That was that. That's that devil may cry. That's that gun grave. That's all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to say, yeah, if there's, like, some pop culture element I really like that formed in the aughts, it was the gun kata. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. Equilibrium was kind of... Yeah. Set that off. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's where the name came, comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember Tay Diggs in that movie. Mm-hmm. I used to have trouble with him and Omar Epps. Um, I didn't have trouble separating them, but I did kind of like... It was some combat... I don't know why, for some reason, I always assumed, like, Tay Diggs, Morris Chestnut, and Omar Epps were all, like, always in the same movies. <laughs> there was just one, I think, and, like, I was always calling one a fake-ass version of the other. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but they were all kind of not famous enough to have fake-ass versions. <laughs> well, yeah, which is why I thought they were the fake-ass versions of one another. Yeah, because uh, it's like I'd be watching a movie expecting Omar Epps, and here's Tay Diggs. I'm expecting Tay Diggs. Here's Morris Chestnut. <laughs> I'm waiting for Morris Chestnut, and here's Omar Epps. See, I know the name Morris Chestnut, but I cannot think of his face. Of, of the three, he's the most fake ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is to say, he's the least known of the three. But uh, 
I gotta say House and Brother really solidified Omar Epps mm-hmm. in my brain. Yeah, Brother uh, did that for me. Yeah, and uh, Tay Diggs, uh, Equilibrium. Yeah, well, also, I want to say it. him and Morris Chestnut were primarily the black films, yeah. whereas uh, Omar Epps had a bit more mainstream... Uh, I don't know if I should say main, mainstream appeal. He just kind of... He kind of I kind wound of, up there. He, he worked outside of it a lot more. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's is he, he's still around. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's doing stuff, I mm-hmm. think. I want to say he's primarily in TV now. Yeah, I can't think of anything else besides House that I've seen him in recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was also in those Def Jam games for some reason. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> O.E. Yeah. <laughs> O.E. Well, I mean, I like that about him, though, is that he was kind of willing to go outside of that black film bubble. And, you know, here he is in this uh, not exactly a foreign movie. Uh, Takeshi Kitano actually came out here to film Brother, but like it's it's a lot different. It's a movie about black people in yakuzas. Yeah, it's very interesting. I feel like this time, like those early aughts, I feel like. We got really interesting stuff. Well, internet was becoming a lot more mainstream, and that was leading to people discovering a lot more. Um, People's influences were uh, broadening, and they were all broadening at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is one of the reasons that led to the whole Cool Japan phenomena. Yeah. Oof. Damn. I feel like there's always cool shit out there. You just gotta look for it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's a bit different. Uh, not so much looking for it now as much as finding it now. Um, the kind of ease of access you have makes finding this stuff feel like less of. Uh, like there was a certain level of gratification in finding something like this, mm-hmm. even more so, <laughs> Jesus, in being the one to bring it to other people. Because <laughs> I, I, I like I loved getting people to watch Battle Royale, and I think I discovered that through Andrew. Now, how did we? find this out and how did this become such a big deal kind of cult classic like how did people find out about this movie I don't know how people found out about this I want to say it was either Ed or Joe who brought this movie to the garage and we were just sitting around watching this um I mean all I can all I can say is the internet (laughs) really enthusiastic people like not even necessarily looking for other people who've seen verses, but like getting hyped anytime they encountered somebody else who knew of it. Excuse me. I feel like I uh, missed. Uh, I missed when he takes the clothes off the dead body. Oh, we were talking through it. Yeah. I mentioned it. I mentioned it around the time it happened. 
He's I love these. Guys. I love these two so much. <laughs> yeah, one of the interesting things about like the DVD releases is is there's a couple of shorts they made about these two. <laughs> after, huh. yeah. I've never seen that. I have to look for that. Uh, the first one's so-so. The second one is amazing. Love how not into it this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> <In Canada>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. It's funny, like the ongoing theory I had with uh, the guys I watched this with for the longest time is that, like, whatever weird psychic mojo this chick has. Uh, this dude also had it. Because <laughs> he seems to be figuring out things at the same pace that she is. I don't know if that was something that was intended or maybe like an accidental byproduct of him being so crazy. <laughs> he makes it out alive, doesn't he? I think so. He said it. <laughs> it was in his psychological profile. <laughs> Look at these fucking ravers. Oh, yeah, these guys. <laughs> fucking Seth Green, especially. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can't hardly wait <laughs> I never noticed that there's a movie I need to rewatch uh, that used to be my favorite my, my sister's favorite movie hmm. yeah more of that um mentioning before like people being both distinctive visually and through their actions yeah like those three are boss characters yeah I don't remember the, that shot me either <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> this guy walks a really fine line between like being where where was that <laughs> he walks a really fine line between like being easy to laugh at and having some element of sympathy <laughs> yeah this guy was always capoeira guy because all the crazy kicks I don't remember this stuff yeah I think this is new yeah because I remember the first time seeing them is when they all attack what's-his-face. Yeah. So this is probably that stuff that, like, they went in and went in and either went in and filmed later or maybe edited out and put back in. 
this girl I always thought was was pretty hot back in the day. Yeah. I like her haircut. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, she looks nice, and, like, I think she's the most proficient hand-to-hand -hand fighter, uh, I guess canonically, at least, of everyone in the cast. Because she just completely wants everyone. Yeah, I think I remember some fight scenes with her. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this stuff's definitely new. Yeah, she's like proto-Ip Man right there. <laughs> okay, I like that shot right there. <laughs> That's tight. It's very versus. That, that 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 whole scene right there feels like the opening cutscene to some DLC. <laughs> that arm, that arm just out there. <laughs> Did we already uh, see the butt on fire? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I always miss it. <laughs> There's my dude. Yeah, not bad, I remember. He does not come in peace. <sighs> She's the type of girl I would have been really into in middle school. It's weird. I was not super into her when I watched this though I think it was just because she was like always trying to tell people not to fight <laughs> I'd have found her cute otherwise but she was like annoying the hell out of me as I was watching this she never bothered me I don't think I was ever like into it as a teenager I had yellow fever from puberty <laughs> Yeah, I did too. It kind of went away. <laughs> but it comes back sometimes. It never stops for me. <laughs> I sometimes wish it would. <laughs> like, this is an... I want to say I don't remember this. Neither do I. That's kind of cool. That weird shot. It's almost, yeah, I like it, because I was going to say, they can, like, sense his presence in the forest or something. Yeah. Here it is, here's the blue. Yep, that's the effect. God, I love that. He's so, uh, and this is the first time we see him in the... In the yeah, now, now, yeah, now this is what I remember. Now this is where the other three show up, and they all, like, attack him. Yeah, and he just fucking destroys them. <laughs> I always love that briefcase toss. Yeah. kind of flaps his arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, we we keep like I keep coming back to like a physical acting, and he's someone I really like too, almost as much as Crazy Guy. Yeah, I think he's my favorite character. I want to say he might have even been like my favorite actor because of this movie for a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just so fucking good in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to say. Maybe, like, of all, like, the crazy characters in here, he's got the most visible range. Like, he's kind of all over the place, but not in a crazy sense. I don't know, something about him, he's just got gravitas. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's, he's, got, he's got presence. Huge. 
huge presence. Yeah, it makes me wish that he became more popular than I think he is. Mm-hmm. I think I looked at his filmography. I, I look at it every once in a while, and I think it's mostly just like kind of film here or there, but a lot of TV and not a lot of lead stuff. Yeah. But he's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, wire work that they utilize is primarily with the uh, raver guy here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a scene later that I'll point out. But <laughs> yeah, where he just becomes a fighting game character. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, well, I mean, the shifts right here between the two is like one of the things that makes it feel like there's like parallel realms that these characters are being either like pulled into or shifting between. Yeah, that's kind of what I assumed before. I really love how he just gets up. Yeah, like the Undertaker. Uh, there was a a wrestler back in the day whose gimmick was basically that he was. Jason Voorhees and one of the big like physical spots for him was to get like dropped get hit with a big move and then sit up the same way he just did who was that like Kane or something uh Undertaker Kane's brother Kane came later I forgot about it they're supposed to be brothers or something yeah yeah the lore kind of like built up to the degree that someone ended up writing a novel about the two of them and another wrestler named Mankind. <laughs> yeah, weren't a couple of them played by the same guy or something? Um, in the case of Mankind, they were. It was Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack, and they were all a wrestler named Mick Foley. Foley yeah. The, the three faces of Foley. Yeah. <laughs> He's really into this gunslinger chick. <laughs> Fuck, I think we missed it. But uh, there's a point where I think he sort of dances towards someone that's shooting at him, and I always really liked that. Yeah, it, it just happened. I mean, I love this whole scene. I love this. The mm-hmm. heart ripping and his mm-hmm. like, surprised face. Oh well, yeah, this is this is that scene in the RPG where you realize you're only a quarter of the way through the game. It happens either when you beat who you think is the last boss, or you meet who is actually the last boss. And this is this is that scene. Like, he, he just kept good crazy guy. <sighs> yeah, I really love the ancient history part of this, too. Mm-hmm. This, they're kind of well, yeah. caught in this cycle of, that just kind of goes on forever. Yeah, the idea of this reoccurring, this battle, it just kind of keeps going over and over. Yeah, throughout time. <laughs> yeah. Damn. What, what is it Ed O'Neill what is it Ed O'Neill says in Wayne's world? Like 
want to rip out his still beating heart just so he can see how black it is. <laughs> just before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this like, I bet is... that's a cooked steak covered in corn syrup. I think this is new. No, I remember seeing this. <laughs> I remember him taking a big bite out of the heart. See, I remember it too, but I thought I remember seeing a picture of it online and being like, what? I didn't see that before. Yeah, I remember that. But I love that he fucking eats the heart. Yeah. God, that's just such fucking... It's like he's so calm and cool and he's like ancient, but it's just like... I feel like anybody else would be corny, but it's just like... Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of what I was talking about, making the unreal real here. Yeah. Like, because there's an element of this that, like, where he seems like he's just a kind of disinterest, which, uh, you know, in the context of the story is a byproduct of, yeah, he's literally done this before. Yeah. That's what it is. is He seems at home in this scene. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem, like, out of character for him to eat a heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, we've just seen, like, so many zombies. I want to say it threw me off when I first saw it, before I knew what was going on with them. But not to the degree that it pulled me out of the movie. I mean, it's just such a cool... It's weird. I feel like it'd be corny if, if it was, like, any other movie, but... It... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always remember this shot. <laughs> I don't know why I find his like hatred of being called officer so funny. <laughs> that little ass gun behind the big one. <laughs> I like his manner with the uh, braggart cop. The way he talks to people is the way I would talk to people that I knew could take me in a fight, but I still didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> it 
really is a good luck charm. Seriously. <laughs> like, I think he's just got, like, that weird Jesus duplication power. It's not that he brought that many guns. He can literally, like, create other ones as long as he has one on him. squad <laughs> I also missed the part where he rips red uh, red hair guy's face off yeah well that, that happens during the same scene where he does the dance yeah she's <laughs> like alright I'll do it again <laughs> That's nice and cryptic. <laughs> yeah, it just had everything I thought was cool as a kid. You two are destined to fight each other. watching this and my mom came into the room and saw that she was just like what the fuck are you watching that was I have to go now my planet needs me in reverse yeah yeah now he's doing like fighting game moves on top of all the kicking yeah, they were kind of like, this was maybe the most dynamic I've ever seen the movie be with the zombies, even before, you know, these boss fight zombies, because uh, the ones you saw prior could actually fire guns. Yeah. That's that Eddie Gordo kick right there. Yeah. That's that Airmaster shit. <laughs> So brilliantly edited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this music too. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're dropping frames too a little bit just to make them look faster. I think so. Which is a cool effect. Ah. 
remember the fight ending that way. Yeah, I think the fact that I couldn't remember how the fight ended probably meant it was anticlimactic, which it was. I think that's a reference to the Returner. Yeah. But I don't know for certain. I feel like it was a jab at the Matrix. I thought Returner was 2001. I want to say Returner came out before this. But I hadn't. I haven't actually seen it. I feel like this is definitely a post-Matrix movie. Oh, yeah. Wait, you haven't seen Returner? No. I've seen it. Returner was 2002. Oh, okay. That was a, that was one of those ones that I kind of saw and like picked up at Hollywood Video just because it fit in with like mm. oh it looks like a cool crazy Japanese action movie. Yeah. But, uh... Finish him. I do remember this. <laughs> um, yeah, Returner is one of those weird ones where. Uh, I'd see not even trailers for it. I'd just see like like physical ads for it in uh, like anime magazines I'd read or video game magazines or pictures of it online. But I could I'd never really like like it never really popped up at the Hollywood video I went to or any of the places I rented videos from. Was that shot with the eyeballs? I think that was new, wasn't it? No, that wasn't new, as I remember that. Um, I, I want to say there's very yeah, there's multiple cuts because there's varying degrees of new. Because I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah, I never saw that second cut then. Because mm-hmm. some of the there was another scene earlier that you said you remembered. I want to say a lot of the gory stuff. Yeah. The stuff that got re-added. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because I remember seeing it either online or in a magazine somewhere, like pictures of like stuff that was added back in, and it was one of the pictures was of him holding those eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there was a, probably uh, a cut where stuff that got removed got put back in, and then another cut where um, they went and refilmed. It's him. <laughs> And I, I really love that they don't really give them names. The villain is yeah. just the man, and he's just prisoner KSC two whatever the fuck. Yeah, he's just the prison number. A couple of people are just descriptions. <laughs> like I think Crazy Guy, for example, is a description. Yeah, Crazy Yakuza with butterfly knife. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is one of those scenes. She just fucking annihilates it. like some of the moves she's doing don't even seem like it's like she's using an alien martial art (laughs) she's not even like hitting with her fists half the time there's a shot coming up where 
It might be this one. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I, always, I always remember that one. She's, the way she just sort of pushes him down. Pushes him over, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very slapsticky. Mm -hmm. It's like a cartoon. A lot of this is a lot like a cartoon. Yeah. Except when you just lost. Of course not. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait, is this the scene I'm thinking of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off I go. <laughs> Why was there an anti-tank rifle in that car? Did they pick it up from somewhere? Yeah, they pick it up from that guy, uh, the detective shot. <laughs> what does your sense of smell have to do with being a breeder? Did you ever see the Midnight Meat Train? I heard of it. I never got around to seeing it. He did a loop on the third movie in 2014. Oh, he did that. I guess it makes sense based on how it looked. <laughs> huh. What the fuck? Have I not heard of this? I need to see this. Live action. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's sort of weird that they're all Japanese, but I guess I'll take it. What? All the loop? They're primarily supposed to be Japanese, I think. Um, what, Jigen might be Japanese-American? Maybe? I mean, isn't Lupin, like... He's, he's supposed to be uh, a quarter French? A quarter? <laughs> no, maybe half. No, half, I think. I can't remember if they said his father was a full-blown French or half. He's either half or a quarter. I'll have to check that out, but it looks like he's got... He's made a couple movies this year. One's in pre-production, and <clears throat> he has a couple other in pre-production. Three movies. Yeah. Well, it's good to see he's doing stuff. Yeah, there was a couple of movies that came out that I thought were his, but were actually just Tak Sakaguchi. 
Here comes that event battle. <laughs> さ、trick-or-treating what was her costume uh, she was one of those characters from My Little Pony <laughs> interesting this is where he explains everything mm-hmm. he pulls him to that other dimension mm-hmm. that's right the two keys it's such a cool lore. I'm just. Where was our sequel? What the fuck happened? Yeah, I don't know. They even gave us that hook at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Se- I mean, I'm surprised this hasn't gotten the sequel. There must be some reason. Because obviously, Kitamura is still making money. 
Yeah. Um, are, are they still making movies and stuff. Uh, I'm surprised nobody's like tried to hit this for a remake or something. Mm-hmm. Something. I just feel like it's one of those weird movies that's. I feel like it's a true cult classic. Yeah. Where it's, like, I never hear anybody talk about this movie anymore. Yeah, I want to say it's one of those things similar to a lot of uh, animes that are really popular, but don't really stand the test of time. They're around for either a five or ten year period where they're just known. And then become like when they hit that when they hit that uh, sort of barrier, the degree to which they're forgotten is like stark. It's like really fast. Like people our age know know of Trigun. Yeah. But like uh, I want to say five years, maybe ten years ahead or behind, depending upon how you look at it. Trigun's a relative unknown. Yeah. Again, the editing there, I love how they show mm-hmm. him, kind of pushing him around and showing up behind him to where he pushed him, and it's all just editing. Mm-hmm. It's really well. Yeah. I remember trying to talk, uh, Joe, Phil, and maybe Ed into, like, filming a movie with me just because I have like a similar idea of how to work teleportation <laughs> like a teleportation effect with like you know camera tricks I couldn't get them on though <laughs> I've seen people do that where you kind of you kind of work things that you can walk behind and use a stationary camera and mm-hmm. edit edit out things so it looks like you're teleporting yeah, well, Joe had a camera that had like a weird sort of uh, hazy after image effect, and the way I'd planned to do it was is like you'd move one way with the effect going, like cut, and then be on another side of the shot, you know, after the cut with the effect going, and then it would cease when you were finally like in place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, again, I couldn't get them to do it. <laughs> Are they supposed to be really brothers? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I want to say because I think they indicate that the uh, crazy power they have is uh, blood-related. Is like tied to their blood. Well, it mentions that he needs the girl's blood to open the gate. Yeah. Uh, that shot too. Back when internal bleeding was just like a gag. Nice. That was pretty sick. 
Only cool guys cough up blood. Did he lose an arm? I think. Or maybe a hand. It looks like he's like stump. Yeah. I never noticed that before. Yeah, me either. But it does make sense of that weird hunch he had going. He's just like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, he's so it's like mad. He's like a fucking lifetime. It's like I got forty years of this shit before I get to restart. It's like, imagine like failing a quest in Skyrim. And then having to play through so many, like, levels of the game before you can go back to a... Not even go back to a save, but, like, before you can restart. What a spooky shot. Yep. Spooky, scary skeletons are crawling out your eye. There can only be one! <laughs> there can only be one! It is I! Yeah. That shit was straight out of Highlander. I don't care what anyone says. That's something you could probably do a good movie out of super cheap. What? Except for maybe the quickening uh, Highlander. All you ultimately need are sword fights. It's been a long time since I've watched that movie, but I would imagine, would imagine so. <laughs> he is so tired of this shit. Yeah. I really love this. Just like he's so old, it just yeah. Like, isn't his gimmick like? Isn't his like goal to like end the uh, constant cycle of reincarnations? I just mean the way he plays it is just like he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. It's not even that he's like evil. It's just like he's. I don't know. He's just seen it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. There's like um. Was it? King of Fighters 2001 to to 13 I think the uh, 
story kind of like has a lot of like weird ships but the basis is that the main character is a character that kind of he doesn't exist outside of time but he's connected to a character that is and his plan to defeat that character basically involves him ceasing to exist um, you don't know this till the end but he spends the entirety of the game being like a snickering sneering piece of crap and you know when you find out it's because plans to defeat this character die and the whole non-existence thing you realize it, it's just him he's just kind of like having fun with it and goofing off what lies it いや、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、
<laughs> Such a fucking dick. <laughs> oh, he's so great. Yep. <laughs> cool guy alert. Yeah. See that it's, knife on the end of his sword well, I mean, handle? See, see, yeah, see the knife at the end of the sword? See the little, like, like, weird ring thing for the for the finger at the top? Oh, uh, yeah. See how he has a gun in the other hand? Uh, remember my versus shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted one. It just got so grimy, I had to throw it away <laughs> after so many years. Yeah. I wonder if I could find another one. I wouldn't be surprised. It might actually be like thrift store fodder now. Unleash the mini bosses. So, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I feel like this. Like, I don't know if this predate. I think it. I don't know if it predates Devil May Cry. But I feel like this had to have an influence on character action games as a whole. Maybe. This came out in 2000. Yeah. When did the PS2 even come out? Uh, I want to say it was 2000. March 4th, 2000. Yep. Now, when did Devil May Cry come out? I'm looking that up right now. 2001. Though it was in development for quite a while, it was originally... Um, it was one of several games that was meant to be Resident Evil 4. <laughs> ah, I forgot about this. This is so great. His hair! <laughs> His hair was shorter for a couple of those shots. <laughs> that sword is pretty long. If he ever did make a sequel to this. I don't, uh, I don't know if, like, the current, like, 
hyper meta culture we're in now won't ruin it. What do you mean? Like, like I feel like people. I guess it would depend on who made it. If Kitamura made it, it might still be good. That's what if, I like, mean. Who else would make it? Well, no, because I was thinking anyone but him, and they would kind of get too caught up in the campy element, and it would end up being the room. But, like, not... How should I put this? It, what happens when somebody tries to recreate camp? It doesn't work. I don't know if it doesn't work. Um, but I see what you're saying. It can get think too, about, it can get too uh, far into like uh, parody territory. Well, yeah. Think about. I want to say it was either you or Joe that really didn't like Kung Fury. Was it you? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Someone oh no, wait, Kung Fury. I, for some yeah. reason, I was thinking of Kung Pao Enter the Fist. No. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't really like Kung Fury. It was for me. It just wasn't like funny enough mm-hmm. like I saw what they were doing I appreciate it like I was really hyped off the trailer but I feel like story wise it didn't go anywhere and the laughs weren't consistent for me yeah no I actually liked it I was just trying to like kind of trying to like figure out where I could kind of put you to get where I'm coming from when I'm saying that like if somebody comes at this and they're not earnest about it being cool it's it's just gonna well yeah like you said it's just gonna be parody bad parody at that yeah I'm kind of thinking of like the Brady Bunch movies like they tried to recreate and parody the original mm-hmm. series but just cause the original was so ridiculous for when you update it to now um I, I see where the danger might be but i I would never imagine anybody else but Kitamura doing a sequel to this, but what I was going to say is I would hope that, like, I would love to see what he would do, especially, you know, after 17 years of action movies, um, Mm -hmm. where he would pull from, but also I think it would be a breath of fresh air if he could, you know, have a bigger budget, but still do everything practically the way he did here. Yeah. Yeah, eh, possibly. I don't know. I've, se- I've seen. I think I've seen too many instances of people trying to come back to something and just kind of wishing they hadn't. That I what? don't. I don't know if it'll be good. Um, trying to remember. Because all I can think of right now is like how adamantly I used to be against Blade Runner. Uh, fuck, I'm drawing the blank. Did you see 2049 yet? Not yet. You gotta go see that. Well, I warmed up on the possibility of that. It's it's good. I don't want to see anything. It's just... Mm-hmm. I love that director, too. If nothing else, it's fucking pretty as fuck, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's definitely worth seeing at the theater. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is... I mean, I have no tribulations because I just want... I've wanted it since I finished watching this movie. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it was always going to happen, and then it didn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, I was waiting for it. Like, since seeing it, just like each year I'd look it up thinking, okay, we're finally going to hear it's in it's in production. And the sequel just kind of never came. I think part of it is just it's been so long. Like, the further we got away from it uh, post the original, the less interested I became in people coming back to it. (laughs) (laughs) That method acting, though... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the briefcase Oh yeah I want to say Oh shit Look at that, look at that So fucking cool This shit is still fucking cool, man (laughs) Yes (laughs) I, I like that he puts it together like the, the sheath is part of it. Yeah. Like the sheath is part of the assembly. I love that it's like a gun, the way he puts it together. Yeah. The blade on that thing. <laughs> That's sick as fuck. I like that he gets dedicated sound effects. <laughs> Gross. I like that they still keep their personality. Mm-hmm. to go to a wedding uh, next year. I, uh... Maybe I can pull off a suit like that. <laughs> next time I have to wear a suit, it's gonna be like that. I really like the little green and red. Just mm-hmm. kind of peeking out. Yeah. I think I was originally thinking next time I gotta like do formal I'm gonna make myself I'm gonna dress like Green Jacket Lupin (laughs) and then I thought maybe that'd be a bit too much so I kind of inverted the color scheme a bit and decided okay I'll wear the green I'll wear a green shirt inside a regular coat rather than wearing a green jacket (laughs) (laughs) Extra crispy. Was that the butt on fire? Uh, I, I I don't even know. I think I missed it. I never see the butt on fire. It's like the fucking guy that hangs himself on the back of Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to see that. 
Oh, that was just a, a rumor. It was apparently something completely... It was just something in the background. It wasn't really a guy hanging himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. I remember that. I remember this. I remember the hand on the, on the sword. I definitely remember this. The Mike Tyson line. Yeah. Mike Tyson He's trying to do that Matrix dodge. Big gun. Yeah, I think it's an anti-tank rifle. Hmm. It's made for punching like holes through the hull. That sword is so cool. I mean, they both are. Other dimension. Uh-oh. I want to say, I don't know if it was the whole, it's, I don't think it's the whole of this fight, just portions of this fight are kind of like the first instance of me seeing shaky cam. And when I found out why they did it, it was a bit more forgivable, but it drove me nuts when I first watched it. I don't even remember. Oh, I guess we'll see it in a minute. This part here is legit. Yeah. But it was also the most dangerous. <laughs> uh, not only has uh, Tot got one of his eyes covered with the prosthesis, he's wearing a colored contact in the other. Mm. So his uh, his vision and depth, depth, that depth perception is not great. Like even even that was like at least carefully done. This here is I think what was driving me nuts. I like it. It works. It's put together really well. It this doesn't bother me anywhere near as much as Batman Begins. <laughs> Literally all the fights in Batman Begins. I don't even really remember. The yeah. In it's good that you don't remember them because they were terrible. Cat. Oh, hold on, I gotta let the cat out. <laughs> yeah, 
that was his projectile attack. I like his scream Wait, wh when do they go for the guns? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. I think about that a lot. But I'm not sure that my brain realizes it's for this. Wait, I thought sword fighting was the coolest shit in the world. Ah, this is great. Doing no small part. Doing no small part of this movie. But I could never actually do it because the sound of metal scraping fucking sets my teeth on edge. I forgot about this little break into it. This yeah, until so like the hand-to-hand -hand fight. Yeah. Is this in the original cut? I wanna say. This is great. Fucking triangle choke into a power bomb. I definitely don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember all of this submission fighting. Yeah, Tox's hair just glued to it. How much longer yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sword, I don't remember this either. Yeah, this is new too. <laughs> That's cool. It's funny, he literally looks older. I want to say I remember that. That was really nice, though. From, like, even the first viewing.
that trope. Because this is long before it became infuriating for me. <laughs> really? It took a while for me to get really tired of it. I, I mean, I never, I never really liked it. It was just kind of something I tolerated. I've never really seen it before, but I feel like it's a plot element here. Yeah. Well, as we've established with uh, my hero, uh, I can tolerate it if it there's if there's some significance to it beyond. Look at how creepy this guy is. Boy, you don't want to be the guy who tries that and misses. No. You die like an idiot. I'm remembering the fact that I like watched Kill Bill 1 and 2 recently like a week or two ago I would imagine Tarantino saw this yeah I was about to say like I know a lot of that is just like Tarantino's influences but I think uh what drove him to make something with so much emphasis on sword fighting had to be movies like this. And yeah, you know he saw this. Oh, sure. Probably bajillion other samurai movies. Well, yeah, he was... He was uh, that guy's seen everything. The, well, I mean, he was like importing movies around this time, I think. Or a little while after. He's why we saw Brother. Was like, was it like Rolling Thunder or some shit? Whatever yeah. the name of that company. Yeah. Well, he brought over. Uh, Sat- he brought over Satoshi yeah. that came with Sonity. Yeah, and he had that weird little commentary thing right before. Yeah. Yeah. Always, he also. He's also. This shot too. <laughs> oh yeah. He's also uh, the first instance of Chongqing Express coming to the states. This uh, that this was before it became part of the Criterion Collection. Yeah. I always like this. Mm-hmm. It's such a long, quiet moment. Yeah. It's like they're both contemplating the fact that you know it's about to end, or that it's just going to keep going. <laughs> I guess both, if you really think about it. Yeah. Like, this particular battle is about to end. And it's potentially just going to restart. Or, I 
I'm sure Kitaburi just thought it was cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, what they call rule of cool is the reason for literally everything in this. Oh, yeah, this part. Ah, I forgot about that. Fatality. Damn. So cool. <laughs> they added that blood in there. I remember there wasn't as much blood. <laughs> now, did he say that to him? I don't remember that. Though I don't know if that's my bad memory or what. I swear that sword gets bigger from scene to scene. Like, like it's its length is shifting. Sakaguchi is 42 now. I don't know what uh, chronologically the last thing I saw him in was. I think the last thing with him in it that I watched was a movie called Death Trance. Hmm. Well, I, I looked something up and it said that Kitamura in 2013 was like, I'm making versus two. Talks like she's retired, but I'm going to bring it back. Mm -hmm. It looks like since 2013 he's done a few things, though. Ah, okay. He did a, a voice in a game. Mm -hmm. He was in a short, and I guess he was in a feature last year. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he was making movies for a minute. But yeah, I mean, the time to do it would be now. Before they're too fucking old. Yeah, I guess so. Hideo Sakaki is 47. <laughs> Shit. Ah, uh, check it out. How did they even... Check out that model. Yeah, where did they... <laughs> I mean, they put a lot of work into this. It looks good. They got that Terminator 1 style model. 99 years later. <laughs> I love that.
I think they're clones. Like in this incarnation of them. What makes you have that idea? I want to say something got said in the commentary. such a dick I really I didn't like him when I watched this for the longest time just because he seemed so obviously mean oh that was the coolest <laughs> shit ever though <laughs> I was like that's so goddamn cool it doesn't make any sense, but I don't give a fuck. That thing is chromed out as fuck. <laughs> Love that ending. Oh, that's so good. The explosion. Bam! And the logo. Man. They don't make them like this anymore. I mean, they kind of do. I was, I thought of a couple movies that were kind of have the same I mean, spirit. Part of the reason why they don't though is because it's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Well, I mean, all the weapons they used in this oh. were real. Like every. I mean, well, you know, it's it's kind of like how you don't really see movies like uh, the stuff Jackie Chan made in the late '80s and early '90s, like that kind of stunt work doesn't really get done anymore. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you got to go to other countries. You got to yeah. go to like Thailand and Indonesia I if you want to get the kind of uh, choreography that's just okay. I'm gonna wear this pad under my shirt and just take the hit. Yeah, you'll you'll find it if you're looking for it, but it's not. It's not being done out here. But in terms of like tone, I think there's a Sukiyaki Western Django is kind of in the same realm as this. The good, the bad, mm-hmm. the weird is another really good one. That's kind I've been of, I've been meaning to watch both of those. They're really good. They they they're films that just have their own unique worlds. They're, they're mm-hmm. really just kind of like thought out, but at the same time crazy and kind of don't make any sense. But it's like mm-hmm. cool and just really fun to be in those worlds. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's definitely. I think this movie kind of hides it a little well, but it's definitely kind of a, a western versus eastern sort of mashup here. It's yeah. not as obvious as in like those other ones, which are like samurai westerns. Mm-hmm. But uh, like this one is sort of you know. Well, I want to say it was like the tool, the tool, the two uh, elements of cool from east and west joining around this point in time, which is why you saw the like weird uh, coordination between a gun and sword, and like how much how. How how much use you would see that across different media's 
like it kind of became a thing in this and Devil May Cry and you start to see it in other movies to varying degrees, other games to varying degrees. Yeah, this was around the time like katanas just seemed to be like the coolest thing <laughs> in the world to everybody. Um, I want to say not quite the same type of movie, but definitely something that keeps a similar pace. Uh, something we like on this network, uh, the big hit. <laughs> yeah. Like not exactly beat for beat, but like almost as fast. It's definitely weird. And definitely like kind of like a weird, uh, really distinct perception of, uh, Almost its own world, but still set in uh, perceivable reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want, uh, I guess, something that's made in the same manner of this, obviously a bigger budget, um, I want to recommend Own Dock. Uh, that's the kind of choreography I was talking about where it's just about the hit. Yeah. It's about impact. It's about, like, being frantic and just kind of, like, giving you small moments to catch your breath between big scenes. I'm looking at, uh, Kitamura's recent films and his upcoming stuff, and a lot of it is Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's... He's doing a lot of stuff in English over here. Huh. Interesting. I mean, he seems to go back and forth like he did Lupin in the middle of all that stuff. I think oh, I already, I think I already uh, asked, but did you see the Midnight Meat Train? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, thinking about it, though, there was a movie with, uh, I think it's Johnny Young Bosch. He was one of the Power Rangers, and he did the voice for Vash to Stampede and Trigun, called uh, The Broken Path. And I want to say that's a similar kind of movie to this, except it's in, like, uh, a cabin in the woods and the woods versus just the woods. But it's the same kind of thing. It's just like low-budget, grimy martial arts. I used to talk to him on AIM. Oh, for real? Sometimes. I'm pretty sure it was him. Somebody posted his username on the IMDB forums. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just... He was just nice. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And very polite. Mm-hmm. If it was really him, yeah, it probably was. He's it's not like he's Tom Cruise or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he's still like hitting the convention circuit for a while. You could basically get him to go anywhere just so long as you were willing to put his band on. <laughs> he had a band, huh? Yeah. I think it was called Shang or something like that. They're okay. They weren't bad. 
I'm looking at YouTube and there's a bunch of versus stuff that I think I need to watch. <laughs> Apparently there's a behind the scenes. I guess probably all the just extra DVD shit is on there. Yeah, more than likely. The side story you were talking about is on there. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like I want to say there's two shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned it a bunch of times, but obviously, um, Devil May Cry, the whole series, something to recommend. Like as close as you're ever going to get to playing versus. <laughs> Not a lot of kung fu and sword fighting and shooting games out there. Yeah, and yeah, hand to hand sword fighting and gunplay to kind of like really get that mix. It normally, you'll get one of the two or two of them, but never all three. Yeah, or just kind of mediocre across the board. Uh, I did play the yeah. demo for uh, what's that game? The Chinese one. Um, not stranglehold. What the fuck is that thing? Oh, the Chinese one. Uh, the Chinese uh, isn't it stranglehold? The one that's supposed to be like a sequel to Hard Boiled. Well, that one's Chinese too, but I mean the one that came out recently and everyone Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dog. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. The one that was a like a spiritual successor to um, what you call it? True Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played the demo. It was, it was pretty fun. Actually, prettier mm-hmm. than I, I thought it would be. I was playing the Xbox mm-hmm. 360 demo, but uh, that had some. I, I really like the fight mechanics in that. It's basically kind of just Arkham style, kind of mm-hmm. rhythm and mashing. But uh, it was pretty fun, and it's got some gunplay in there. But I think the gunplay was kind of not as solid, but kind of passable, which. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks when that happens. Like, I wish there was a game that was, you know... Really, I just wish my my John Wick game would become a reality. <laughs> yeah. Because Max Payne 3 was the perfect engine for that. All it needs is the takedowns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, this movie, still good. I kind of couldn't pay attention as much because we were talking, but... Still, it's a, still fun. Still has a place in my heart. Yeah, it, it's still something. It's definitely still something worth watching. It's like if you want to, um, you know, you just want to see some crazy ass action. You want to take a moment, just just sort of go all in on the kind of movie you'd make on like <laughs> on enthusiasm and whatever's in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's all I gotta say. Anything you want to say to the audience before I find the 666 portal and escape this pitiful realm? <laughs> uh, eat my nuts and happy Halloween. Why? Why do they always gotta eat some part of you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Cause I gotta have something to say. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. Well, I didn't hear any knocks, but I did have headphones on. I don't think-
Check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine, S-U-B-M-O-R-P-H-I-E. The preview theme slash promo theme is Anime Raku. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash project stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio, on Twitter at radio, or through Android, iTunes, or Google Play. If you want to talk to the host individually, I'm on Twitter at Connect. Joe is on Twitter at MAGP returns and Mike is on Twitter at Hyper Nineties. There's a part of me that wants to give you crap for disliking things, and there was going to be a joke about you hosting an episode of Masterpiece Theater, but oh, from trying to move fast. <laughs> I'm, I'm like barely holding back. I just like...